This is the Gary V Audio Experience. This is real talk now, back to mentality. A lot of people here might not want it. Me, and I mean that. Like, to me, this is about do you want to grow the business? I don't think everyone should grow a business. You might be in a life cycle where you want to spend more time with your family, you want to chill out, maybe you're selling, that's all good. Everything that I'm talking about is strictly do you want it to grow? And sometimes grow is important because if we are right, body energy wise, that the macro market gets squeezing, one of the reasons you need it to grow is so it stays at the same level that you're at right now. You're fighting for opportunity. You all know this. How many people have been in this game for over 15 years? Raise your hand. Raise them higher just so I get a sense. This is awesome. So you 15 year plus OGs know exactly what I'm about to say. Which is, when the market is awesome, even F players make money. And they think they're A players, but they're not, because the market, right? You've, been, you've seen it. That's what's about to happen right now. And it's a tricky one, right? Because for some of the 15 plus OGs in this room, you just might not have as much energy as you did 20 years ago when you crushed during a down market. You might have got a little soft. You like fishing on the weekend, right? You, like, instead of grinding email, you like, like, and so like, this is just real, where am I at as a human being? Not everybody should triple down and bleed for it this period because maybe you're not in that place. Maybe you've been saving your money and you just don't want to and that's awesome. But for anybody who does, or for anybody who needs to because you've been living a bigger lifestyle than you can actually afford and you don't have savings and the market really needs to be where it's at, you need to get very serious with me in this session about the following. If you are not producing 10, 15, 20 pieces of internet content for Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, all these platforms a day, you are vulnerable. And it's a big ass number for the people in here that are making two a week. When I'm out here, like I want you to put out 15 pieces of content a day, and it doesn't mean 15 original pieces of content that you make. It means, do you do a podcast? I mean, look at my content. How many people here follow me? Give me a sense. Thank you. So for the people that raise your hand, you see it. I'm not out here, I'm not fucking dancing on TikTok. I'm not fucking spending time to make content. I'm living my life, created a framework that allows me to produce post-production. As much as I love the origin story of how I got to this stage with that video, because I love his hustle and I love everything about what I just saw, the single reason I'm here, and my speaking fee is not low, but the single reason I am on stage right now is for the content. The single reason I am on stage right this second, the only reason I do podcasts with other people, which is why often you see me put people on and do their first podcast, is because I'm not doing it because I'm trying to get audience from their podcast. I don't need Rogan, I want to put some kid on that's on the way, because the real reason I'm doing it is one, to do karma and put the next generation on, and two, I just need the content for me. It doesn't matter who's asking me the question, I need my answer and I need to chop it the fuck up and I need to pound it down your fucking throats on every platform in the world. <laughs> Got it? So like, a lot of people in all these business circles, and you probably sense this, so many people come up to me every day, DM real life, it happened already twice here. So many people sense that I'm slightly different and it's because I am. And what I'm just trying to do is get all of you to be different with me because it works. And it's good. 
But what it requires is a lot of self-awareness. The biggest reason people don't win and have stopped, the people in here who have stopped doing a lot of content because they don't see the ROI, is only because they didn't put themselves in a position to succeed. It's like, it's like getting into better shape, right? Like cool, you can starve yourself for two weeks, that's not sustainable. Like cool, you could like, like if you don't find something that works for you forever, you won't do it. So like if you're a real business person like I am, spending three hours a day to make videos is not gonna work for you. You got family and you got a business to run. But can you do a podcast once a week strictly for the 13 pieces of content it produces for you because you film it and post-produce it? All of you can because I'm busy as fuck and I do it. So what we need to figure out today is a couple things. By the way, not everybody here should be on video. Because you're not good at it, or because you can get better at it, maybe you just really don't like it, comma, you're an unbelievable writer. And that writing can be absolutely transcribed into post-production videos. Like maybe you just, maybe you're more comfortable audio, you love talking, but something happens when the camera goes on you. And you know, and I'm empathetic, I get all the DMs, I read them. People don't like the way they look, their weight, women's, you know, like are, oh, all the lady entrepreneurs are like, easy for you Gary, I gotta do makeup and fucking hair. And I'm like, I get it. I'm like, or you don't give a fuck what people think of your looks. Right? Like seriously. And by the way, that's not a, that's like a, we need self-esteem of who we are as human beings, not how much money we make or what we look like. That's how you can get to making video fast. And by the way, all those people that shit on you and say you fucking look terrible, like feel bad for them, don't feel bad for you. Imagine living a life where you go around social media and try to make people feel sad. Do you know how fucked up sad your life is? Don't feel bad for you, feel bad for them. You need to figure out a sustainable model to produce content. Let me talk to you about something I call underpriced attention. For the last 15 years, I've built my entire career on underpriced attention. Whatever the attention of the world was on that most people didn't understand that the world was on it yet is where I produced the most content and went the hardest. I know a lot of you had all sorts of feelings when I was pushing Musical.ly and TikTok six years ago. That was gonna be the one that I was gonna be wrong about. What you have to pay attention to is where are people actually consuming and don't make up excuses like, well Gary, my customers aren't on TikTok because that's what you all did 24 months ago and now all your customers are on TikTok, right? So. What we need to talk about is underpriced attention. Why was I doing email in 1997 for my dad's wine shop? Because I had 93% open rates. That's a long time ago. That newsletter now gets 18% open rates. Why was I doing Facebook fan pages like Ham in 2012 and 13? For the people that were doing it here, you know why. And then Instagram, and then this. So it's always moving. Let me give you straight from the horse's mouth, where the underpriced attention sits right now. Number one, this is wild, Facebook fan pages. Let me throw a bomb at you. For three years, I didn't even think about Facebook. Between big corporations that VaynerMedia works with canceling Facebook because of the politics and the Trump stuff and the Democrat stuff and all the politics, you have big companies like, I don't know if this is exactly true, but companies like BMW and Coca-Cola and all these that used to pour 50 million in, have gone to zero. Then, 
for some of you that definitely are in the trenches with DTC and retargeting, iOS 14.5 fucked up people that really know how to do math, right? So that took away another quadrillion dollars of DTC brands that you would go to their website, you wouldn't fill out the shopping cart, you know this, you saw it, they followed you everywhere. You didn't buy the sneakers, you saw the sneaker ad 800 times until you just fucking gave up and bought the sneakers because you didn't want to see the fucking ad anymore. (laughs) So that money's gone. All of this, I love when everyone's like, Gary, the algorithm fucked me. The algorithm did not fuck you, Sarah. You're just not interesting as you were six months ago or aren't changing or your audience is changing or somebody else took. The algorithm is unemotional and just wants money and just wants attention. Nobody's shadow banned here. You just suck now. (laughs) So what happens is it's all supply and demand. How many people post organically? How many people run ads? How many people are on the other side consuming? (laughs) Facebook, as I'm sure we all know, is not in the consuming place it was in 2015 because Instagram and TikTok and other things have taken away. What just happened though is the stuff that's coming in on the supply has gone down so much on the ad side that the organic Facebook fan page content is exploding. I couldn't give a bigger piece of advice than telling all of you, especially some of the young dogs in here who never even did Facebook. They started with Instagram to get very serious about Facebook fan pages and for this industry, the age demo that's on there, it's really important. I would get your Facebook fan page game up, number one. Number two, YouTube shorts. I don't know if this has hit your radar yet. How many people here, and don't lie, because I'll look it up and then call you out and destroy your brand. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're actively making content for YouTube shorts. Raise your hand. Very solid. But this is great, look what just happened. Hey, that's solid, great stuff. Like this is fairly early, last six months, nine months. But look, this is a pretty legit crowd. We got some hands up, but 95%, 98% did not. Huge opportunity. YouTube Shorts is TikTok, except it's YouTube, which means it's searchable. YouTube, if you don't know, is the second biggest search engine in the world. Google is number one, YouTube is number two. For some of you that have dyslexic tendencies like I do, you know why, because we don't read well, and so we need to listen or watch to learn. So if you make YouTube shorts that are titled very smartly, that are localized to your business, or you could do some real damage, because unlike a YouTube video that if everybody here posted for the first time would get seven views, like TikTok, your first YouTube short might get 100,000 views. It is pure virality, it's huge, it's double huge. Like as much as the next thing that's gonna come out of my mouth is TikTok and I want you to do it, I know for a lot of you, YouTube's gonna work even better because of the search component that is not the same dynamic that happens in TikTok. So the fact that for me, if I have your job, and I know mortgage, real estate, I know, what, I know the room, the fact that I would spend my time on Facebook fan page first, YouTube short second, TikTok third, is a profound shift in a room full of people that have Instagram first. And I know that people are feeling their Instagram numbers stalling and declining because it's macro. It's declining because the supply and demand curve is off. The supply's high. The demand, everybody under 30 went to TikTok. That's the game, forever. So, in very simplest terms, 
the number one thing I know that will work for this audience is having a foundation of two core things. Always following the underpriced attention, not the mature attention. And oh, when I tell you everybody focuses on the mature attention, because it's easy, it's what you're stuck in, Instagram. That, along with what are we gonna do about a sustained content model? I think it's an interview show. I will always say this to this industry. In an industry that does their business locally, standing up an interview show that interviews people locally and then chopping that up will work. If you interview the principal of the high school and do the right titling on a YouTube short, do you know how many people decide where they want to buy a home based on the education framework? Enough, a lot. Enough that if they watch the interview of the principal that they're trying to decide if they're gonna go into this town is being interviewed by you and you happen to be selling homes, that's called business. Interview shows are easy because you just have to do a little prep and if you're like me, you do no prep and you just ask generic questions and you roll with it. Hey principal, how's it going? I really need to figure out some sentence in this room that unlocks you to realize 10, 12 pieces of content a day is the only answer to the thing you're thinking.